Welcome to the Three Wins Podcast presented by Legacy Advisory Partners. I'm your host, Sean Lydon. If you're new to the podcast, Legacy is an Atlanta-based financial services firm that believes that the key to unleashing your company's full potential is the Three Wins Framework. So, what exactly are the three wins? The starting point is the shareholder win. What does the business owner want to accomplish financially and by when? Second, the company win. What does the company need to achieve to support the owner's financial goals? And finally, the key leader win. How can the company help key employees reach their financial goals, which in turn will contribute to both the company and shareholder wins? The idea here is that when you pursue the shareholder, company, and key leader wins all in concert, you'll see a level of collaboration in your business that becomes a force multiplier to achieve breakthrough performance. The legacy team calls this dynamic the collaboration effect on profits. And in the Three Wins podcast, we help you discover and deploy the financial strategies and tools you need to put the collaboration effect on profits in motion in your business and in your personal financial life. So let's dive into this episode. Today, I'm with the executive team with Legacy Advisory Partners, and we're going to talk about how to navigate your business in a COVID-19 world. And we're recording this on April 2nd, 2020, and so much has changed in the past couple of weeks. Most states have issued stay-at-home orders for non-essential businesses and travel. And this past weekend, the Trump administration announced that it was extending the federal guidelines for stay-at-home orders for another 30 days uh, to April 30th. And Congress just passed the $2 trillion stimulus bill to stem the impact of COVID-19 on the U.S. economy. So with that frame in mind, I want to kick off our conversation with this question. At Legacy, you all work with a wide range of sizes and types of companies in various industries across the U.S. What kind of impact have you seen that COVID-19 is having on the businesses that you all are speaking with? Yeah, I'll jump in. We've, we've heard different things. Some of, our, mm-hmm. uh, some of the folks we're talking with and, and clients are, are – uh, you know, uh, they're, they're just going gangbusters because they're trying to keep up with all the demand, mm-hmm. all the demand right now. And uh, some, uh, some of those are, are uh, manufacturers. Some of those are, are part of the supply chain process. And, um, you know, they're having to hire extra people. They're having to do X, Y, just to, just to keep up with the demand. Yeah. Now, whether the, uh, whether the, the uh, people who are placing these orders can pay for those orders in the next, you know, three months is a, is a big question, but, some folks are having a, having a, you know, a, a, a pretty steady or increased uh, situation. Some construction firms who were hard bid, whether the government related jobs, they're doing fine. Okay. Uh, others who are working with private owners are, are uh, you know, it's, it's a big question mark out there right now. Big, you know, people are saying pause or just postpone, or we got to wait and see a little bit more before we can get some things done. So definitely a lot of uncertainty and what, you know, David, you may share a little bit about this, Mark, Matt, but, it's the wave after wave that we'll probably end up seeing of unintended consequences, unknown unintended consequences that are slowly discovered um, as this thing uh, kind of uh, comes together and, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. One of the more recent developments is the government's order, the shutdown order, and that we're, you know, up until this point in time, a lot of manufacturing and, uh, and construction has been seen as essential. Mm-hmm. But that may change. Uh, just we're hearing rumors that that's gonna that that could be shut down as well for a couple of weeks. Mm. So that would be a, that would be a major major impact. Uh, um, so we'll have to wait and see on some of those things. Yeah, I think even even the companies that you know, are deemed essential, they're still even if they're they're doing well, you know, with supplying orders and and keeping their, their manufacturing busy, you know, the home office type employees you know, are all working from home. So now you've got employers trying to, you know, make sure all your employees are set up to work virtually, you know, keep in contact with them, keep things running as smooth as possible and be efficient, but also keep your employees safe. So it, it, 
it is an ever-changing, uh, I guess, environment that we're seeing. You know, and we're trying to be sympathetic with our clients and and, sure. and uh, you know help them any way we can and let them hear what we're hearing in the marketplace. Yeah. It's such a unusual time. Like we've never been through anything like this and especially with the resources that we have available with technology, you know, a firm like ours being able to still operate um, completely uh, as far as, you know, doing video calls like this, being able to, um, you know, use high speed internet and use uh, telephone, you know, sharing files, sharing screens, doing things like that. Um, different industries are going to be affected differently and it's just so uncertain. Um, and a lot of people are uh, a bit apprehensive, uh, just scared, you know, uncertainty is tough mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, you know, being able to navigate those waters, it's either your business is still fully operational and, you know, you're just having to work, uh, maybe a, a different way, uh, working from home or working, uh, teleconference, um, you know, if you're used to dealing with people, you can't do that anymore. Like it's, right. you're having to navigate these different government, um, mandates, which we don't, we don't know what they're going to be. And they, they come out with new stuff all the time. Or if you are in a business that, you know, you can't really operate, um, it's a great time to focus on, you know, innovation or efficiency, being able to kind of take a step back. Okay. We're not loaded down with projects or timelines. Let's take a look at kind of where we've been. We've got some bandwidth now to kind of take a look back, take a breath and uh, figure out how we want to, when everything goes back to normal, whenever that is, right. how we want to continue forward. So using that time as, an opportunity to do some strategic thinking essentially yeah uh, do something you know there's yeah. you've got either the people that are going crazy because they're as busy as ever maybe busier and they're trying to figure out how to do that with maybe impacted resources mm -hmm. or they're not as busy as they're used to and you know just a way to stay efficient and stay productive is use your time wisely to prepare, strategize, get ready yeah. for when you do go back to work. Is there yeah. ways that we could be doing things better and kind of hit the ground running? Yeah, I would say until three weeks ago, we were uh, just about all of our efforts were, were was to get our customers to think long-term, mm -hmm. planning for the long-term future. Mm -hmm. Now everything's been forced into, you know, present day survival mode. Mm -hmm. So we've actually had to kind of, uh, re uh, think some of our uh, messaging to say, okay, what is, how do you work toward the long term? What's the progression of thought that needs to happen? So, uh, Russ has sort of developed a new kind of a triage that, that you might want to share about, Russ, as far as kind of working toward the long term, but there are some intermediate and uh, immediate steps that have to be taken now. Yeah, and actually, that's a good segue, Russ, in, in terms of what you can say on how to help these companies navigate these uncharted waters. And when David's talking about this kind of triage methodology, what walk, walk us through what that is. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the primary difference between types of business owners that we see and types of business leaders is the professional uh, the professional leader um, in an institutional size company and, and uh, you know, they're, they're, they've been through these different things. They have certain systems and processes in place mm -hmm. to, in, in whether they are managed and led well or not, the systems are there and they know, typically they know what to do in this, uh, in this type of environment to make adjustments and to model out different changes and to be able to look and see a lot of our clients are entrepreneurial owners and entrepreneurial leaders, mm. meaning that they are, uh, they're talented at what they do, but to the degree that they have uh, not developed the systems and processes within their business to uh, be able to model out different scenarios after they've gotten on a certain track to mm. be able to respond in a nimble way to this high level of uncertainty. And so what we've been encouraging our clients to do is to think through 
uh, at any time, but especially this time, what are your best revenue opportunities? What are your best revenue sources? What are your best revenue opportunities mm -hmm. within this shift? So make sure you're taking care of your best clients. Make sure you're taking care of, of the clients who are uh, really good at paying. What can you do to uh, you know, not only uh, uh, bring in accounts receivable, but if you've got a really good client that's taken, you know, that's uh, been a, a good relationship and for some reason they're going through a certain situation right now, don't hammer them for, you know, payment on whatever invoice, you know, you want to make sure that you survive this time, but you also preserve that relationship. So it's yeah. seeing your revenues all the way across the board, making sure it's not just a dollar in your bank, bank account, but it's a person in a relationship. They're trying to keep their business open. They're trying to do these same things. They're trying to make sure that they're able to, to get <laughs> like anybody else. So knowing who your best revenue sources are and keep those relationships well-maintained. Uh, the other idea here is with expenses and it's just, it's just kind of walking through and saying, all right, for my business, I've got to look at my expenses in three lenses. That's a, a uh, section of expenses that can be postponed uh, or delayed, which ones can I put off for a little while? Now that doesn't sound nice because you don't want to be the person on the other end of that. Right. But you do have to look at it with that sense. Right. So you don't want to, you don't want to have to go through something where you're messing up a vendor relationship. If you're delaying something, because when things turn around, they, you know, they're not going to appreciate it. Right. So it's all about these relationships within your business and your vendors uh, you also have to look at uh, expenses that you can reduce. Uh, maybe it's reduction for a certain time period. Maybe it's uh, it, maybe it's something where you look at it and say, "Man, that that was uh, that was fat in the expense in the expense uh, list." And man, that should have been cut six months ago. I don't know why I haven't done it. Do it. And the last one is uh, making sure that you understand. Hey, uh, I'm going to cut this. Uh, it doesn't belong. I can't just reduce it. I can't just postpone it. I've got to cut it. I don't have any other options. Mm -hmm. And that really is the kind of final level, um, it, unless it was just unnecessary to begin with. But if you have to make some cuts, understand what those are, and know <coughs> cut certain things, make an impact on your ability to come back quickly when the economy and when the market begins to come back. And so as we, we kind of look at those three, th those uh, revenue and, and expense uh, triage, the last one is cash. You've got to have what we call dry powder. You've got to have your cash sorted out and know where it's coming from. So a lot of people have lines of credit. A lot of people have saved up well uh, for this particular type of situation. They've, right. they've looked ahead and said, hey, you never know what can happen. Why don't we just you know, keep some cash on the books? Um, certain people have accounts receivable that they haven't tended to. So they need to tend to that and make sure they can get as much as they can out of that in a short period of time. And of course, with the stimulus package, there's some good things that have been put in place. Um, and, and I don't know how we're all going to pay for it, you know, eventually as, as taxpayers, but for the short term, in order to help some people survive and help other people prepare to thrive on the upside, right. The economy, whenever it does, uh, you know, kind of settle down and, and begin to, to grow in, in return, those people are going to be best positioned if they have the right amounts of cash to take advantage of, of certain things as the economy does uh, begin to rebound. And I'd add, we, I saw a survey, uh, Goldman Sachs did a survey of 10,000 small businesses. So, you know, we talk about doing all this um, planning for potential uh, short-term transition, long-term transition. As a small business owner, you're generally thinking, uh, you know, just how to keep growing and you're not really thinking about these fringe scenarios. Right. And here we are in the midst of, you know, one of these fringe scenarios and it affects everyone. It might not be a full transition, but taking a look at the survey uh, of the time that small businesses can continue to operate, um, and just the amount of cash that they have on hand to be able to continue funding their operations. Um, about 15% have less than one month worth of cash available. Oh, yeah. um, about 35% have one to three months. And then four to six months is about 
So there's a lot of, you know, different businesses that they're in full expansion mode or they're in full whatever mode. And they're not really thinking about these different scenarios that could take place. And if they had just kind of step back and yeah, it's exciting to your business is growing and you want to keep pouring into that, but to take a step back and kind of reevaluate what if Mm. this is the perfect time, this is kind of a wake up call for everybody of, you know, this, this can happen. And what if it is, you know, more severe? What if it only affects you and you don't have kind of this uh, government stimulus package to help bail you out? What are you going to do at that point? Yeah. And the, um, big takeaway that I got from when you shared those numbers, when you add the 15 and 35%, that means 50% of all those companies have three or fewer months of cash to stay in business. That's mm-hmm. astounding. Yeah. When, when you think about it and Matt, you bring up a good point. Yeah. This is a great reminder of, you know, when we do get through this, for companies to go, okay, we need to start thinking about these contingency plans, but what do we do now? So if, so if you're, you're talking to a business that's dealing with this and they're looking at, okay, we're going to have to make some hard decisions on our expenses that, that may end up having to be payroll or and so forth. How do they navigate this to uh, preserve it? preserve that relationship and, and the folks that they're working with? Yeah, I think the balance is we, you, we have to be thinking beyond the current crisis to say, when it does come back, how are we positioning ourselves to thrive? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it may be, it's going to be painful between now and then, but uh, what can we be doing now? And so to what degree, this is where uh, kind of the organizational development or the culture part of this comes together of, are we treating our people right? Are we yes. really being wise and in, in, uh, in deciding on who needs to stay? Uh, who can we keep? Who's better off if we let them go and go on unemployment? All those crucial things because, you know, you've invested a lot into your workforce and so, to the degree you can have your workforce intact and ready to go when it does come back, that's going to be a key. Yeah. Anything, you, Russ, Matt, anything you guys want to add on that? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's a very painful time for many, many, many employees mm-hmm. and employers. Uh, some people, the, the, uh, the writing is on the wall. Mm-hmm. You are in uh, certain industries, obviously, uh, uh, restaurant, tourism, entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a done deal, right? For a lot of people, uh, some people are still on the the brink. You know, they this the stimulus package may help them uh, be able to survive and, and and get to a certain point, right? Uh, so, not to discount their realities mm-hmm. and. Uh, to to uh, wash over uh, what's going on there, they those folks have to figure out a way to regroup. Right. Some folks who are they're they're less impacted or they're in they're they're hurting, but if they triage correctly, they can make it through. Those folks, if they're able to take these steps and be diligent now. Mm-hmm immediate, not in three weeks, not when the, so, the social distancing ends, mm-hmm. but right now, if they can begin to think through and make some certain plans and to communicate well with everybody in, 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 that's, that plays a, a role in helping their business to succeed, vendors, employees, uh, strategic partners, bankers, all of the people that, that help in that process, if they can prepare and begin to think, all right, right now, things are less than ideal. No one expected it. No one could have technically predicted it. They're less than ideal, but I need to pause back to what Matt was saying earlier. I need to pause and say, all right, is this the time to make any strategic paradigm shifts, Mm. what we do and how we do it so that we're ready to come out ahead 
after this thing is 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 uh, begins to settle down, and we're able to to you know kind of get back to uh, the daily routine of leading a business and competing in the market, how am I going to how am I going to set up my people in my firm in a way that it is uh, ready to to come back, um, in, in not necessarily bigger and stronger, but smarter and more efficient. Yeah. And, and if it is bigger and stronger, if that's the if that's the strategy and the goal that's determined by the the uh, to David's point, the key leaders in the firm, the people who have their ear to the ground and are are willing to, you know, weigh in and and help this thing happen, then that's what you have to do. So it's determining what you want your business to look like when things come back. What's what's the, the what's the idea? How are you gonna how are you gonna be impacted and then be able to start talking through that and and not to be fearful, not to be uh, afraid of what, you know, is, is, could be around the corner to begin, but begin to say, all right, wh what does this thing going to look like? Nothing's going to be the same. It's going to be different. Nobody is going to be able to just forget about what's happened. Right. How do we work through that and how do we factor that in and, and lead into the future? Well, one of the key factor right now during these uh, perilous times is to communicate. Yes. How do we keep consistent communication, mm -hmm. letting people, letting our, our key relationships know we're thinking about them. Mm. What can we do to help? Here's what we're hearing. What are you hearing? And um, I think just staying in touch with regular contact with your employees, giving them the straight scoop, you know, here's, here's the risk. Here's where we are. You know, here's what we're going to try to do. But that constant communication is going to be a real critical part of this whole thing. Yeah. And how do you strike that right balance between being candid and calm to, to project that to help, you know, if you're having to make hard decisions with employees or having to make hard decisions with vendors and so forth, how, how do you strike that balance in your communication? I do think it goes back to kind of the virtue of peacemaking where you want to say, we don't need to leave anything unsaid. Mm. Uh, it, we need to get it out there and not hold back. So mm. we want to err to the side of greater transparency. Okay. Uh, even to the point it was better for them to be aware of the risk mm -hmm. and for them to be somewhat alarmed with the reality of things than it is to hold back and, uh, because being worried about people being alarmed, it's better to be right up front. But then mm -hmm. I think the, the balance is to say, with all that being said, we will get through this. We will prevail. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the courageous vision comes in is that we need to think, what can we do now to prepare for when things do come back? And that, that really ends up being the silver lining in what what's really a, a tra tragic situation right now. Yeah. Now we we call this the Three Wins podcast, and it's based on the Three Wins framework. The shareholder owner win being the first one, the second win being the company win, and the third being the key leader win. How do you apply this frame, the Three Win Wins framework? to helping companies think through how they navigate these times? Yeah, so the, 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 what we talked about earlier, the revenues, expenses, and cash, mm -hmm. that really fits under the corporate win banner. Mm -hmm. And you know, right now there's the, the, the key leader win, the shareholder win, those have to be um, supported by a healthy corporate win. Mm -hmm. So right now, with with that uncertain high level of uncertainty around corporate, you know, businesses and their their viability and and you know making it through this and and beyond with such a high you know question mark. The idea right now is that you just have to kind of stop and focus and 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 ask those big questions and, yeah. um, you know what what we see is that uh, you know you you may have the chance to talking about the key leader when you may have the chance to see who, you know, some, some up and coming key leaders are. Mm. And right now it's really the ability to uh, not ask 
well, how does this affect me? Mm. But how does this affect the company? Yeah. Because the key leaders understand it. They get, we have, a, we have one uh, client in particular. I'll just give a quick example. Um, you know, we're sitting there and we, we uh, you know, I jump on a call with, with the leadership team and the owner. And, um, you know, so, so we're going through the, I send an email, say, hey, here are the things to think through, triage, revenues, and mm-hmm. uh, expenses and cash. And we talk through it. And um, a t- very talented employee when uh, it, it's their turn to weigh in and, and give some insight and, and hopefully what they've, they just said, no, nah, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think we're going to have a problem. I don't think, you know, everything should be the same. Okay. I don't think we'll be impacted. Okay. And, you know, everybody is, is, you know, you kind of see it flash across their face. Like, are you crazy? And so, you know, so I, my job is to, you know, kind of balance you know, balance things. And so I said, okay, well, what do you mean by that? And, um, as he, as he defined it, it was clear that he was looking at his own, Mm. his own story. No, I can make sure that mine is okay. Right. That's what he meant. And so there's a very big difference between (laughs) we will be okay. That's what I know. That's what a good owner thinks. We will be okay. Yeah. and we be okay versus no, I will be okay. And that's the, the, the two different types of clients that we work with. We, we find an owner that says, no, we're going to do this together mm. and promotes that transparency and honesty and courage. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're listening to this alternative, which is, no, nah, it's good. I, I can, you know, I can still achieve what I need to achieve this year. So it's no big deal. I'm not worried about anything else. Right. You stop and say, wow, that's, you know, that, that's, uh, man, I'm, I, that is not what we want. That is, that is not the idea that we want to promote. And so you have this ability to look on the other, to, to the other voices. And, and some of the other voices around the table were, you know, why don't we look at these expenses and what, what, what can we, can we change this? We don't really don't need this over here. It was just right. we were doing it because we thought there might be some upside and, we don't need to take that risk right now. So let's do this over here. And, and, you know, what about these other, you know, who, who can we, you know, who might be out there that uh, uh, on the talent side that, you know, may have been laid off that uh, we can go scoop up when they wouldn't otherwise left the company, you know, what they're thinking, they're thinking, they're thinking. Right. And, you know, the owner, the owner right away just said, Hey, just forget about paying me for, you know, for the next, uh, you know, couple of, couple of weeks and, and, you know, just however long I need to just, we just kind of see what happens. We need to make sure cash is okay. So they're thinking through these things. Mm. That's what you want. That's what you want a grade eight virtues leadership team to act like. Yeah. And, and it's not that they're not concerned about themselves because again, the three wins are the shareholder win, the right. key leader win with the corporate win in between but at a moment like this, you have to be able to say, hey, listen, it, nobody's coming out of this if the corporate win is not maintained. You can sure. just forget about all the other plans. The corporate win has got to be maintained. Uh, that's yeah. exactly what I was hearing from you is you've got the shareholder win and you've got the key leader win, but neither one can achieve anything right now because the existential kind of urgency Right. right now is with that company one. Yeah. And Mark, go ahead. I interrupted you there. No, I, mean, I think now more than ever is a time that everybody needs to be in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a time to forget about my own agendas. You know, let's, uh, you, you see somebody that's drowning on the side, you know, pick them up, pull them in the boat and, you know, let's, let's work together to, um, create synergy and, and get through this. Yeah. I think the goal is to not just get through this, but to be better when we come through on the other side. Yeah. Um, that's what we're hoping and, and praying for our clients about. You know, if there's ever a time for us being humble, yes, this would be it. Mm-hmm. Humble, empathetic, attentive, you know, and yet being accountable to what we need to do. And accepting the situation and the people where, where they are, you know, really mm-hmm. showing integrity, you know, you know, the peacemaking and then the courage. All I mean, you think about it, if this ever were if there ever was a time for virtue, 
aspiring to the virtue, this is the time for it to be exemplified. Yeah, we've talked in the past about the grade eight virtues being a competitive advantage. But at this point, I would see it as being vital to survival during a time like this. Now, the past weekend, Congress and then Trump signed into law the $2 trillion stimulus bill to kind of help stem the impacts on this for small businesses and the economy at large. What is your all's take on that bill and you know how do you uh, how do you see like the businesses that you speak with how you know how they can be helped by it yeah we're i think the the uh, first step that we're seeing uh the majority of uh the the team of advisors that we uh cpas attorneys that we Mm -hmm. Um, communicate with is for uh, businesses to take advantage of the paycheck protection program. Hmm. So break that down. Yeah, you know, the page, the paycheck protection program right now is, is designed for uh, businesses to keep their employees employed hmm. to keep them on the payroll. Uh, that's the, that's the primary function there. So what funds you would otherwise take and, uh, pay your employees with this is a this is a stimulus offering from you know a relief offering from the government um, to to allow you to take other funds and use for you know what are the other needs that you have but they are they are you know trying to protect employment in, in people's livelihoods um, in the in the short term so it's a, a controlled amount of money uh, for that it's uh, your last 12 months um, uh, w-2 payroll okay uh, less payroll costs right uh multiplied by two and a half so you take that average uh, monthly average you multiply by two and a half and i think you have eight weeks to repay it okay. uh, or eight weeks to spend it okay. um on uh eligible costs which are payroll and rent a couple of you know a couple of other things utilities okay. uh don't spend it on those qualifying expenses within eight weeks, then, you know, some of it may have to be repaid, but otherwise it can be forgivable and, and turned into a grant. So really? okay. uh, that's, that's very encouraging. And that should help give the boost needed for a lot of these companies to tide them over in some of these, these employment questions, keeping their, their, their employees there. If you let go of employees, if you, if you do any layoffs, then that threatens the uh, forgivable nature of the loan. Okay, so if they follow through on the terms of that loan and ensure that their expenses qualify, then it it makes that transition from a loan to a grant. Is that correct? That's correct. That's okay. correct. So the the immediate thing to do in in any business owner that's got five hundred fewer employees, even if you're a sole proprietor, self employed, um, independent contractor, you are eligible for that. But what you have to do is get whoever helps you with your with your books, your 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 payroll, uh, to run your payroll report for the uh, required uh, range of months. The last twelve, I think it's I think it's uh, uh, March to February, nineteen uh, through twenty. So get that confirmed. But then work with a CPA or whoever does your your books to define what that is. Get your uh, confirm a relationship in a hurry with an SBA approved lender. So mm-hmm. get a banking relationship, get in touch with them very quickly. Uh, there is an application to fill out, pair it with uh, your payroll data, and get that submitted. And then um, make sure that you're hopefully in the the front of the queue to receive those funds. Uh, and and you know the 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 idea is that um, you know you're you're able to uh, bridge that gap. The second piece is, if that's not enough to carry you forward, the second piece is a disaster relief loan um, that's also administered by the, the, the Small Business Administration. Okay. However, it's got some, some uh, more stringent um, uh, uh, ways of reviewing it and getting it approved. There's $10,000 you're going to be immediately eligible for. Okay. Depending on 
you know, your, your proof of your ability to prove or to show that you've been impacted at, at you know, because of the, the economy, uh, you want to make sure that you consider that before applying. Um, and then, but it, there, there's uh, a much higher um, uh, loan opportunity there. So you can really get some operating uh, relief uh, there. As well. So it's not just tied to keeping your folks employed. Okay. And what, what we'll do is I'll, I'll, you know, we'll, if you have the links, great, you can forward them to me or I'll find those links and we'll put them in the show notes for our audience. Okay. Anything else you all want to, add on that david matt well there, there's a couple of other things that, that okay. also pertain to um employees so i know that a lot of our our work focus you know our conversation is focused on um the employer the business mm -hmm. owner um but to the degree that uh you know some of the the folks the the, the key leaders out there and, and different participants in these um so there is relief um, that is is provided uh, through the bill uh, for employees. So there's there's you know stimulus money coming back to people. Awesome. Uh, there's a certain calculation depending on how much you earn, mm -hmm. but there's also ways to uh, flexibility around uh, your retirement savings. Uh, that I, I just Matt, if you you don't mind sharing, a, just we're we want people to get a hold of what they need, but we also want to speak to. Um, you know, the urgency of, of people being able to weigh the long-term impacts if they do uh, uh, decide to, to, to um, uh, uh, incorporate some of their retirement savings, some of their pre-tax retirement savings into their current need, uh, allowing that to fund their current needs, just so they understand some of that. Matt, why don't you walk through some of the uh, maybe benefits, short-term benefits, but also some, some long-term savings risks that they would encounter if they do go down that road now? Yeah, the the situation that we're in is basically um, for, I think it's 50, I can't remember the statistic exactly, but 50% of working Americans are, um, they're either with reduced hours or a complete furlough. You know, they're not getting any income coming in, right. but expenses are still, coming due. So we're kind of in this interesting time and basically part of the, the stimulus package and um, opening it up to the individuals. So rolling it down from what we talked about for the uh, small business and the loans and grants and everything available, sure. rolling it down to the households and the individual um, Americans. So what they did is basically just push through a uh, kind of a blanket hardship um, eligibility. Um, that's going to, it's open to all qualified plans, um, all 401ks. So unless you opt out of this and the, the optics aren't great as an employer, if you were to opt out of this, uh, it, it makes the 401k balances available to take out. You're going to pay taxes, income taxes, like you would normally, like it's a normal qualified distribution. Sure. But you're not going to have any uh, early, yeah, the early penalties that generally uh, prevents you from getting access to the money. So being able to qualify for the money is one of the uh, barriers and then paying uh, a penalty usually for early access is, uh, is another barrier. Both of those are being lifted. Right. So it's potentially, uh, it, it's good if you need it, you know, you're, you're able to basically, instead of going out and borrowing money from a bank and paying interest rates, whatever, you can borrow money from yourself. The problem is we're already in a bit of a uh, kind of a savings predicament as, as a culture. Right. So uh, it, it has the potential to compound. So it, it's a, if you can be aware and, you know, if, you, if this is your last uh, source that you can really access to get money and to basically survive right now in this interesting time. Sure, yeah, use the money, great, that's a good feature. The problem is just like loans um, in 401k plans or anytime that you see individual participants accessing their money, there's 
almost a uh, psychological change that you see mm -hmm. when you're accessing that money that's normally, this is, this is long-term money. You know, we've right. earmarked this to be long-term. This is for retirement. We're putting money in. We're not really worried about bringing it out. Right. You've now brought it to the forefront and now it's, okay, are there other opportunities that I could use this money for now that maybe I didn't think about? And we don't want you to really think about those because those are, you know, that is your long-term savings. So right. it's, it's a matter of keeping your discipline as a long-term saver, keeping that money, uh, keeping your goals intact. If you do draw money out, you know, make sure that you are, when the times are good, you're using your surplus at that point to be able to refill the coffers. Like you're borrowing from yourself. Right. Are you a good enough uh, borrowee that you are willing to lend to yourself? Are you going to pay yourself back? So it, it's a good feeling to not have to pay the interest and, you know, not have the bank or whatever kind of down your throat, but you're borrowing from your future self. And that potentially is just as dangerous. So you you really want to be convicted and disciplined and take it seriously. So if you are taking this money out, uh, it's not going to affect your long-term goals. Yeah. And just so I understand correctly on the 401k, now you, you talked about, you know, folks being able to withdraw without paying the penalty. You still got to pay the taxes as they would normally do on that. Um, what, what do they need to do in order to qualify for that? Does their employer need to do something in order to trigger that ability? Or what, what does the individual need to do if they had to access their 401k funds like that without the, without the penalty? So the, uh, there's going to be a, a plan amendment that's pushed through for everybody. You can opt out of it. Um, but it is, you know, an, an opt-out program. So unless the employer goes in and uh, says that they don't want to offer that to their plan, they do have kind of this extra hardship distribution uh, available. And then uh, as a matter of proof, being able to access the money, um, I'm actually not sure the exact process of what you will need to kind of prove if it's a if it's an approval from each individual employer and potentially you know adding more administration uh or if it just is kind of a window and there's potentially so many claims right now instead of bottlenecking it and having um you know all those forms or all that administration in the middle um not entirely sure how that's going to shake out okay. as far as that goes um but it, it does have potential to you know affect a lot of employees, a lot of households, and potentially, you know, five or 10 years down the road, they were in a pretty good spot as far as on track to retire. Right. And the same, the same concept that happens by putting money in and letting it snowball uh, for your retirement, for your long-term savings, if you take that pebble away before it can start snowballing, then you've really made a pretty serious impact and, and yeah. you don't want to downplay uh, the amount of impact that that can have over the long term. That, that's what we're the most uh, afraid of people kind of getting access to, not being fully um, with so much fear and you know, uncertainty, people not thinking all the way through, thinking with a clear head of what potentially this does for my long-term outlook. Yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sean, just to give some perspective to the market, uh, we, you know, we went through some, there were some similarities between now and what happened in 2008 and nine, you know, so on March the 6th, 2009, when the Dow was at its low, lowest point, 64.69. And even today it's at 20, yeah. 21, 4, 4, 13 currently in that range. And it was close to 30,000 uh, before uh, the uh, kind of the, the current discount that we're in. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the and, and it's the worst thing to do is to bail out in the midst of a discounted market so that the best thing to do, if you can do it, is to keep investing through the market. And because uh, dollar cost averaging is really working in, in your behalf in the long run. 
This is a really, mm -hmm. so when you think about it, you're, you're able to buy shares at a discounted price right now relative to the historical uh, markets. Yeah. Sean, the reason I, I asked Matt, and uh, that was a good comment there, David, as well, but uh, the reason I asked Matt to weigh in on that is because the, the, the key leader win is not, it's not just about the, the, the people who are in, on the leadership team. It's about everybody in the company. It's about all your employees. So if we can get our owners communicating in an open, transparent, and honest way, mm -hmm. you know, saying, here's what we know and here's what we don't know. Here's what we're doing to you know, make, make good decisions for everybody's benefit so that the company, everybody included, can you know, survive this and, and weather this and come out ahead. If they're communicating well, then it's going to uh, not eliminate, but hopefully relieve some of the fear that employees are feeling so that they don't go and make a decision that's going to adversely affect them further down the road. Yeah. And when we talk with, when we talk the, the uh, retirement planning, uh, whether it's uh, qualified retirement plans or non-qualified retirement plans, that's a part of our three wins fi business financial planning process. So it's important to, to mention that here. Uh, decision uh, Owners need to be making good decisions, and so do the employees that are with these companies. And Russ, your story earlier about the, the key leader that they thought everything was okay because them personally, they were okay. Right. The opposite can happen too. If, you know, there's potential for if things aren't good at home or your own kind of personal financial situation is in jeopardy, that's going to take quite a bit of your thought and your ability to, you know, think about the business and uh, exactly. do your job. That's going to take a lot away from you being able to perform at a high level. So having, as a business owner, having your key leaders um, have their ducks in a row, you know, have them be able to kind of survive these uncertain times. So that's a, it's a good thing for them to feel comfortable and, you know, confident during these times that they're not going to be affected. But then kind of taking the next step of, okay, they're, we know that they're not uh, acting from a, a panic or a fear uh, mindset. Now, how do we get them, how do we get the transparency where it needs to be, or how do we get them with that ownership mindset? So we've checked the box of their personal story is taken care of. How do we get them now using their uh, clear mind to be able to help the business in uh, a pretty competitive time? And maybe it's a little uh, Darwinian, but you know these these trying times are you're going to see a lot of businesses fail. A lot of your competition is potentially failing, and understanding that um, that's going to happen. You know, we we're not wishing for it to happen, but it's going to happen. And understanding that there's going to be a lot of opportunities when we come out of there. So being positioned to come out of this uh, in a way where um, you know, if it's stepping back, strategizing, innovating. So uh, if you're not busy now with projects or um, contracts, as soon as everything kind of gets back to normal and you can start going back to normal in your industry, you can take advantage of the companies that didn't survive or they were more focused on other things than their clients that their clients start looking around. So there's, there's plenty of opportunity. So just like you want to be successful when times are good, knowing that uh, some of those best boom are generally after, you know, big downturns, being positioned well to come out of that is, uh, is a great time to, you know, grow your business. Absolutely. Anything we haven't talked about today that you think would be really important for our audience to be thinking about as they navigate these uncharted waters right now? Well, I would just like to say one thing I think that I'm seeing in the, in, and this is going to, I'm going to be trying not to be too patriotic, but just thinking about the U.S. Uh, you know, in times of crisis like this, this is kind of when we see some of the best uh, things come out from us as far as innovation, 
and um, great ideas and uh, risk-taking, uh, helping our, our neighbor out. Um, that's really, uh, I, I think we're gonna look back on this time and see, wow, it's amazing uh, what has happened with some of these people uh, and leaders have stepped forward and made a difference. Uh, and I think we're gonna learn a lot during this, what's really a very, probably one of the most trying times in the history, during my lifetime. But I think there, that really is that opportunity to see uh, the, the good prevail. The guy with the cowboy hat has to be at least a little patriotic. <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and any other closing thoughts? Did you, Mark, did you want to add any closing thoughts? No, I think the, everybody kind of wrapped it up pretty well. The, mm -hmm. you know, the only piece that, uh, the, the little bit, can add a little bit of color to when Matt was talking about, you know, participants taking distributions from the SECURE Act. Um, you know, different providers are taking a different stance on this. And then, you know, since this is so new, mm -hmm. each provider is trying to make sure they have, you know, all their people trained and everything set up. But um, some of the providers are, are basically having the participants, you know, they can take the distribution and they would just have to validate it on their own when they do their taxes. So, you know, just encourage people to check with their you know, their plan providers, their advisor to, to make sure, you know, everything's being set up for your amendment and then just check what the procedures are and kind of close that loop for your participants. Awesome. Yeah. And earlier in the conversation, we referenced the grade eight leadership virtues. And um, for those of you in our audience that aren't familiar with that, that's from David's book, The Grade Eight a new paradigm for leadership and I'll include a link to that book in the show notes as well. Well, y'all again, I always enjoy uh, spending time and uh, talking with you about some of the pressing issues of our day. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Sean. Thanks so much. Thanks, right, Sean. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to apply the three wins framework to your business, Go to LegacyAdvisoryPartners.com backslash the three wins, that's with the numeral three, and download the free white paper, The Three Wins, How to Unleash the Collaboration Effect on Profits in Your Business. And I'll also have a link in the show notes for you. So until next time, see you then. <laughs>